Hello and welcome back to Blanket for Books, the podcast where three chaotic people talk about what they are into. Yes. For media. For media and other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am Whitney. And I'm Gabe. I am Rachel. And we're friends. And you guys are our friends too. <laughs> Friend circle. So this episode is true or false crime. Got to give that title credit to Rachel because I think that's genius. I am Um, a genius. And the premise of this episode is we each picked a true crime story and a creepypasta. And we are going to tell them to the (laughs) other two people and they have to guess which one's real and which one's fake. And hopefully we will stump each other. (laughs) I don't, I I need to stop (laughs) What is so funny? Uh, We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, I can't (laughs) wait. But before we get into the bulk of the episode, Rachel, what's up, girl? What have you been into lately? Um, I sat down at a piano again (gasps) and actually brought sheet music with me. Oh my god, what'd you play? Beethoven Sonata Number Eight, Opus Thirteen. Oh, that's the eight I saw on your page earlier. It is, yeah. Anyway, it's hard, very hard, very, 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 very hard to learn. I believe it. Sounds like it. But, because I said opus. Sure. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, don't ask me hard questions on the spot. <laughs> it is Latin for operation. <laughs> I actually don't know. I don't think it's operation. I'm going to say like work or like phase or I don't know, but it's hard. And I've been learning on a slightly out of tune piano, so I can't tell if it's good or not. Anyway, that's what I've been into. That's fun. Will yeah. you play it for me? Right now? Yeah. Would it work on my tiny keyboard that is only like, I don't know, how many keys are on like a big piano usually? 88. 88. So like I think my little keyboard's like 52. Do you I think mean, you could play it? Yeah. Would what if work? I download a keyboard app on my phone? Definitely. I'll just sing it for you. Duh. Oh my god, I'm impressed. Oh, it's that one? Oh, I know that one. Oh, that's really, that's a good one. You ready? That's like the scary thunderstorm one. Whoa. Things got intense. Yeah, I know. Um. Anyway, and then it goes, I can't even do it. There's like 64 notes that happen in, in a very small amount of time, and I can't do it with my mouth. I feel like I have... That song's like burned into my memory because I like I feel like it's on like an album or something played like on a staticky like radio in the background in like an interlude or something. Maybe. So it's just so familiar. Now my fingers are learning it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> fingers and brain. That's like, super cool. A very wet brain. Wait, I feel like it's at the end of the album Sawayama by Rina Sawayama at the, in the last so 10 good. seconds of the whole album. I'm pretty sure it's that Beethoven song played very quietly. I'm going to, I'm going to, fi- we'll figure that out after I want to find <laughs> oh, out if it's correct. That's what Opus means. What? That Beethoven song. Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> you just referred to it as that Beethoven song. So, that's so it's what a Beethoven o- Opus. Is that what I should have said? Yeah. It's just that Beethoven song. The shortened is Opus. I'm confused. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I'm into this week. What about you, Wit? Um, so what I'm into is once again another horror movie. I what think is I've, it now? I think I've only been talking about horror movies. Maybe one day I'll stop, but I not hear. now. Um, so what I watched is Creep. Have you, either of you seen it? Uh, no, I don't think that's familiar. Oh, it is so good. It is a classic. Um... I don't remember what year it came out, but it is filmed documentary style. So it's like a YouTube vlog. Okay. And it is about this guy who posts an ad and says that he wants um, a documentary filmmaker to come to his home and just help him film some things all day. Pays a thousand dollars. That's it. One day of filming. So this guy answers the ad and he's like, yeah, for sure. Like, that sounds great. And then he goes to this guy's house and this guy is a little kooky, but he says that he wants everything filmed because um, he's dying of cancer and his wife is pregnant. So he wants um, to leave something for his son. Um, So this guy's like, oh, that's great. That's so nice. Yes. 
But then it gets weird. And this guy asks him to do some weird things. And this guy gets like friggin' obsessed with him. And he's just constantly like, don't leave. Like, you have to stay. Like, spend the night with me, <laughs> basically. And just loves this guy so much. And there's a scene where he's like, I want to record as if me and my son are taking a bath together. Oh. He's like, we're having tubby time. So he's like sitting in the bathtub naked while this guy is filming. And he's like pretending to wash an invisible child. Very, very weird. Um, it's kind of like a horror comedy. Like it is very funny. And I learned after I watched it that the entire movie pretty much is improvised. What? And I am so blown away. It's literally just these two guys. And it's like a YouTube vlog. And then there's like some creepy stuff that goes on and you find out this guy's not who he says he is but like it's improv and it's so good and there's a second one which i will be watching immediately like this is a must see is it too scary for me though um i wouldn't say it's too scary however this is the definition of a jump scare movie like no this guy (laughs) nothing scary but this guy constantly like hides behind things and jumps out and screams at the filmmaker so those, no. those kind of jump scares. Maybe I'd watch it at like 0.5 speed and it'd yeah. be less scary. However, nothing, nothing <laughs> my super scary happens. There is like one really disturbing part in the middle, but overall you just feel very like unwell and like unsafe until the end and then it gets real scary. But Whoa. Yeah. So. When did it come out? Ooh, I don't remember the year. It was a while ago. One sec. 2014, and it stars. Oh, oh, them. Who does it star? What's his name? Oh, Patrick Bryce and Mark Duplass. I know not them. Um, I knew their faces. Do you know Mark Duplass, Gabe? No, I don't think so. Or wait, maybe I do. What's what does he look like? He looked like this. Eh. This guy, he makes a lot of movies. He doesn't act a ton i don't i don't think so and it was also created by them like it's literally just two bros like they wrote it um patrick bryce directed it um and it's just them with a camera like there's no high quality production at all but this was so incredible such a good watch yeah well i'm into that what's a good meta score I don't know. It's really hard to say. What's a good IMDb score? Like seven. Okay. What do you want to share? No. What did it get? Six point three. Oh, but I disagree because for a horror movie, that's kind of good. <laughs> I feel like this horror movie kind of. I don't know. I feel like it's too underrated. So good. Like, is was it like big at the time? I don't think so. Yeah, because, I mean, I haven't heard of it. But it's so good. Like, I feel like I'm going to watch this movie, like, every two months. It's really good. Anyway. Gabe, what are you into? That was in English. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what I was into recently uh, was a new album. Um, It is a fresh release called Dark Hearts by uh, the Norwegian artist who goes by the name of Annie. Uh, she started as an underground DJ in the late 90s and released her solo album uh, debut in 2004. Uh, it's called Animal. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that. I, she's, I would definitely like consider her like um, an early queen of like tongue-in-cheek internet pop, like somebody like M.I.A., Lily Allen, or Robin. Um, compared to her spunky, radio-ready synth-pop debut album, which is also really great, um, Dark Hearts, her new album, is absolutely like a gorgeous, detailed, atmospheric dream pop album, still with incredibly catchy songwriting and jaw-droppingly beautiful like atmosphere. Um, the wow factor, I wouldn't say, is present in every track, but it's consistent enough that I have to stop people from sleeping on it. Um, if you're a fan of Charlotte Gainsbourg, tons of stylistic similarities there. If you like the Twin Peaks soundtrack or nostalgic radio bops like Believe by Cher or Standing Still by Jewel, yes. I would say this album is a must. And that's what I have to say. That was so professional. I feel Whoa. like 
crash with me stumbling through my i've (laughs) had a lot like this album came out like i don't know three weeks ago and i've just had a lot of time to think about it well that sounds great i love me some standing still by jewel so Mm -hmm. am i standing still yes you are beneath the uh, what is it but dying light darkened sky maybe oh frig yeah beneath the darkened sky yeah that's right I like um, to sing in every episode. I love it. <laughs> what about Ariana's new album? Oh, um, I don't think I have a full review for that quite yet. I haven't been able to get through it because it's <gasps> sleepy. That's all I have yeah. to say so far. There are a couple bops. However, but Positions, this title track, I really do love, but there's been nothing else that's hit me like that on the album so far. Like, probably... Like, I think I've listened to like three quarters of it and I might be a little disappointed, but I can't solidify that opinion yet. Check with me next week. Okay. <laughs> we will check will back next week. To check in on okay. For like, like as long as this podcast goes, I'm going to ask you about Ariana okay. every single It'll, episode. My opinion will evolve. It can be a study. <laughs> okay. All right. So. Gabe, drop a beat. Wow, that was horrid. Oh. No, that was amazing. We have an intro. Oh, the, that was that was filthy. Well, your beat was hard. It was I, like, I, I just was making. You sounded like broken newscast music. That wasn't planned. I, I, just, sounded was like, I just sounded like I just sounded like a garbage truck emptying itself. <laughs> himself. I said itself. Himself. Okay, fine. I sounded like I was emptying myself over the toilet. If that's what you wanted to know. Okay, okay, let's get into it. <laughs> Who wants to start? Not me. <sighs> Do you want to start? Or would well, you since everyone's looking at me, I guess oh. I will. <laughs> okay, so wait, run down what we're doing again so everyone knows what's up. <clears throat> one true, one false crime. You get to pick which one's which, and I'll tell you how wrong you are. <gasps> I can't wait. Okay. So how did you format yours? Maybe right. just give us a preface for Alrighty. that first. So I have two tales i'm so nervous i don't know why and i have some notes but i'm just gonna retell them how rachel likes to retell them perfect i did give them both a name but i will reveal the name after okay in case you're familiar with the real name okay and i think it should be a rule that if one of us is familiar with any of these stories that are shared we cannot reveal until it is like we have to hide it until okay. the other person guesses. I'm yeah. not going to yeah. look at you guys. Okay. Okay. The one tail. I'm looking at you guys. <laughs> I'm not going to look uh, at you guys and then immediately make eye contact. <laughs> a tail. So, once upon a time, in the kingdom of far, far away, lived this chick. I'm going to call her Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Kathy's life was kind of crazy. She didn't have the best home life. Her mom ran away with some other dude um, when she was pretty young. And then her mom was really abusive. And she had like a million brothers and sisters and just kind of was the forgotten one. Um... When she was being abused, as a lot of kids do, they kind of dissociate, um, but not temporarily, like, full-blown. So as she was um, dissociating throughout her life, she kind of did not fully learn how to be a human. (laughs) She was... She just didn't know how to interact. Social skills were not developed. She was very violent. She would hit different children and just act out. As she got older, she did get into some trouble with the law, but always found her way out of it at the same time. Um, anyway, so let's just jump forward to the second husband. First one's just gone. He was fine, I think. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> I forget, though, <laughs> what I read, so... <laughs> Anyway, so husband number two, um, she was getting kind of jealous 
they had a baby and he wasn't around very much. He had some kids that he brought into the marriage and they had one baby together. Um, she was a little unstable, like leaving one time she left her baby on the railroad track right before the train was coming. Like accidentally? No, on purpose. Okay. But she was a little bit unwell. Whoa. <laughs> anyway, someone saw the baby and moved the baby. And then the baby just went home with her later that same day. Oh, great. Yeah. Mm. I don't understand. Anyway. Just forgot it there for a while when she went to the grocery store. <laughs> you know, things you do. So she, um was getting really jealous because as she's dealing with her brain and the kids her spouse wasn't around very often she was like he's cheating and he was and he didn't hide it very well <laughs> and she was like nope that's it so one day one morning I decided she was gonna kill him and so she killed him skins him hangs his skin on the meat hook that she kept because BT dubs this girl worked in a meat plant <laughs> and had a bunch of All knives right. okay. um of cooks his head and oh. other body parts and served them on a plate with veggies what kind of veggies good question peas <laughs> oh you, you got that detail Gross. she set the table with place guards for his kids so they would be able to eat their dad oh my god Anyway, I I think I'm gonna quit the podcast. Right <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, luckily, because she was kind of known to the police, and her kids were a little bit older, they didn't actually eat their dad. Okay. But the police showed up, and then they got her because it's really hard to hide a fully disembodied body. When the cops show up the same morning. Yeah, I can't believe this is. We didn't pick the same one, <laughs> but there's some similarities. <laughs> oh my gosh. A I love lot this. Of, like, oh, okay. okay. Keep, keep going. Oh no. Well, that was my tale number one. I was keeping it kind of short. And was that one fake or real? We don't know yet because I'm you have to listen to my next one. Okay. I'm trick next you. one. <laughs> okay. Alrighty, so the next tale. So there was a neighborhood many moons ago. Well, there were a lot of bizarre incidents happening in this suburban. There were reports um, of people saying there was movement in their bushes late at night. But it was very clearly like a human movement. <laughs> there were not some trash pandas like it was a human. Trash panda is a raccoon. <laughs> um, there were, um, there was one woman who reported her sister was leaving her home. Uh, and when she went outside to her car, her dome light was on. But the dome light of her car would have only come on if somebody had opened the car recently. And as she approached, it went off. So obviously, like, within the past few seconds, her car lights were on. And so she was like, who's in my car? So like ran back and she was like, hey, sister, get your husband to walk me out. So he walked her out and he kind of like yelled around, you know, like, hey, is there anybody around here? <laughs> and no answer. So she was like, OK, have a good night. And she drove away. Um, and one night in particular, there were some noise complaints. Because down at the end of their street was this person who they didn't really know that well. Um, playing around with power tools. I mean, they had just moved in not that long ago, and they were probably just doing some renovations late at night before they were going to bed. So they didn't think too much about it. But the person who lived immediately next to them was like, shut up. <laughs> and so she called the police. And when the police got there, they were knocking, and there were no answers. And so they just did a little peek in a window, and there was a pool of blood. And they were like, that's a little weird. Just a bit. So they went in and they went downstairs and then there was just a woman that no one seemed to be able to identify who was chopped into pieces, many pieces. And then next to it was the new neighbor who had seemingly committed suicide by decapitation through his own saw. I don't think that just, what? I don't think you could I, bring yourself to do I that. I don't think Why? that's suicide. That's what it said. Oh, okay. 
And upon further investigation, they found in his house a map of the neighborhood. And within each little, like, section of property, there were notes, like, when the people come and go, how to get into their house, like, which windows are normally open. Uh, Also, uh, where in the house that they can be and not be found. But it was specific layouts per house and schedules per house based on somebody watching them for a long period of time. That's pretty much it. Because obviously he was, whoever created those were caught and couldn't go to jail because he had committed suicide. Okay, so again, we didn't pick the same one, but <laughs> why are our st- stories so similar to one another? Because there's a lot of murder. <laughs> <laughs> of the same type? <laughs> yeah. So one was legit. I I don't know. Like, they both sound, like, equally as feasible. You, with what I learned... <laughs> when I was learning doing, which one's real. When I was doing research <laughs> about my stories, that should indicate to me which one I think is real and which one isn't, but I can't do that. Okay, so A or B. Yeah. Which one's real? Well, your second one didn't seem to have a resolution. Because he died. Yeah, but like, there was no, there's no tea to spill, so to speak. True. So I feel like your second one is not true, and the first one is true. Okay. Winnie. You just answer A or B, which one's real? Um, just yes. say A or B, which one's <laughs> um, real? Okay, so I B is fake. Correct. You were both correct. Yes. Oh. Which oh one did you know, Whitney? I knew the creepy pasta because I almost picked that one. I came across. Don't trust it your neighbors. Tragically. However, so, I did not know the first one, and that is horrifying. So, so let's give you a little more tea. Yeah, on let's the first hear. One. Let's hear what the tea is for both. So in 2001, <laughs> Catherine Knight did indeed kill Skin and cook her husband and Ooh. try to feed it to her children. One of like mostly his children. Um, she was insane. She was admitted um, a couple times throughout her life. She had like a really messed up life, and not to say that you should eat your husband <laughs> but anyway <laughs> i watched a documentary on it there is one on Ooh, um called? it's called the Catherine mcknight documentary Ooh, i think I need to watch that. she was the first person first woman in australia to ever get a life sentence but not only one three life sentences <laughs> <laughs> and you get to see her craziness throughout the years and i named that one meat and veggies and the second was the creepypasta, Always Be Nice to Your Neighbors by Christine Druga or Draga Druga. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Christine. <laughs> anyway, I did not really know how to like give a different end to the neighbors no, one. I think you did really well. Mm, thank you. I think if I didn't like know that creepypasta, I probably would have guessed that the second one was real. I didn't really know how to give it much of a resolution. Yeah. And how do you decapitate yourself with a I, saw? Yeah. Was that in the story? Because I don't remember that part. Yeah. What the heck? Did you not read the whole creepypasta? Well, I was skimming to try to find one oh. that matched my my theme. But. I don't think mine. Well, actually, mine kind of has a theme similar to your theme. Yours has Death. a theme, yeah. Death. <laughs> no, but like. Heads they off. They were both cut up. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking I was going to come across some like paranormal things that I'd want to talk about, but instead I also just picked murder. I was trying oh. to avoid paranormal because I didn't want it to be like too obvious which one was real. Yeah. Oh, and BT dubs, uh, my lady, <laughs> Kathy, <laughs> she used to keep her ni- knife knife sets because she worked at, um, it was like a place that they kill cows for meat. Because that's not a red flag. No, it was like oh, no, a, the actual farm. A slaughterhouse? But like, no, there's another word for it. Oh, okay. 
Just watch the doc. You'll she get just it. did it for fun. They gave her her own knife set because no. I guess everyone there gets a knife set, and she literally put it on her wall above her bed and slept under it every night. That Terrible. is a red flag. That's a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and a girl like that gets two husbands, and I can't get one. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Why in stories like this, it's always like, oh, this she's on her fourth husband. I know. He's on his third wife. Well, it's she like, was apparently oh. really good in bed. They did reference that. Well, you were an animal. Why? I don't know. Hook, line, and sink them. Anyway. Mm. Gabe. What? Do you want me to do your stories? Okay, here are my stories. I will say before I start, I'm not going to tell you what the deal is but i took a liberty that because i got i i confused myself but it was too late to change so i took a liberty but it's not a big deal i don't think okay with um but here we go i basically did the same thing so there's going to be two stories i got rid of all revealing information um and they should be equal so here we go during the filming of a competitive cooking show, pre-made dishes were being prepared as examples for the contestants. And along the way, a human eye with a contact lens made an appearance in one of the dishes. Oh my An investigation quickly begins, and one of the first things they find is traces of blood in a floor drain on, in the on-site kitchen where the preps chefs worked. Upon looking through the, the garbage behind the studio, the remains of a human arm are found among the scraps. A tattoo matching that of a previously eliminated contestant is found on the arm. A mat in the prep kitchen was found to have a footprint matching the shoe size of one of the show's judges, so they have no other choice but to question him. He claims to not have been on set at this murdered former contestants time of death clues in the kitchen and on the little remains that were recovered indicate that the victim had blunt force trauma to the head and was stabbed many times likely using a knife from the kitchen the next top suspect ends up being another one of the contestants who changed his name after being freed from prison concealing his criminal past otherwise he would not have been allowed on the show he denies any involvement in his death the victim's hotel room is searched, and blood is found on the alarm clock stashed underneath his bed. The fingerprint belongs to one of the female contestants, and the victim had invited her to his room and made advances on her, so she defended, her, she defended herself with the alarm clock and kept quiet in fear her place in the competition would be threatened. Surveillance footage in the hotel's hallway actually shows the ex-convict contestant leaving the murder victim's room shortly after the contestant who had been sexually assaulted ran away. The ex-convict was originally convicted for drug dealing while attending university. Among the substances he dealt was GHB, the date rape drug, and it's also discovered that the original murder victim attended the same school as the, at the same time with the ex-convict contestant. Before they can reconfirm the details, the ex-convict contestant is found dead in a meat freezer on set with trauma to the head. His autopsy showed he had an intense allergic reaction at the time of his death and an allergic reaction to almonds. A drinking cup was found by his body with traces of almond extract inside of the straw. The cast and crew all knew about his allergy. The fingerprint of the show's executive producer is found on the straw, and when confronted, it is learned that her sister, the sister of the executive producer, had been drugged and murdered at the same time the two men attended the school. She also attended the school, and she was dosed. Uh, in the autopsy, they found she was dosed with GHB. However, no one was convicted for that crime. The female contestant from earlier actually had confided in the show's producer um, who had made connections with what she knew of uh, these two men's backgrounds, and the producer acting alone conspired to have both of them killed. The first mutilated and cooked, the second premeditated to look like an accident during the investigation, solely to cause confusion. So that is my first tale. People getting cooked. Is it Master Chef? <laughs> 
it I, I I I can't say. Is it Gordon Ramsay? Definitely Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> That's my only well, question. Well, it was it was the producer, not the judge. <laughs> but Gordon Ramsay produces shows too, I think. Oh, Gordon I, Ramsay I wear contact lenses. It was Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> That was that was interesting. Okay, so here's tale number two. Okay. A CEO of a ride hail company, not unlike Uber, was found dead in his luxury condo. He was discovered a day after he died. The neighbors in the condo building her had heard yelling that night and were able to contact his cousin who discovered his remains. He was dismembered, severed at the torso, and other body parts were stuffed into bags scattered across his home. Their murder was called professional. There was very little mess, and none of his belongings were missing or damaged. Alongside his remains was an electric saw. The autopsy determined his cause of death was multiple stab wounds. When the building owners turned over the surveillance footage from the hallway, the victim was followed by a man dressed in black carrying a duffel bag into the secured elevator that opens directly into his unit. There were clues to indicate a struggle in the elevator, including the victim being first subdued by a taser. The murder, had, the murder and dismemberment had taken place once inside. A second individual was later shown several hours later using the elevator wearing a gray hoodie also carrying a bag. There were no traces of these two men leaving, who likely must have used the uh, fire stairwell as an exit. His friend described as him as a very generous man, um, described the victim as a very generous man, always full of ideas. It was revealed that the uh, victim had found that his personal assistant had stolen roughly $90,000 from him. Rather than reporting the theft, uh, he did not report it, um, and he instead fired the assistant and came up with an arrangement and came up with an arrangement to work off his debts and return the money in installments. The superintendent of the building uh, the superintendent of the building the assistant lived in shared knowledge that he was planning to vacate the residence with little notice. The CEO's credit card statement revealed that um, it was used to rent a car followed by making a large purchase at a home improvement store. Surveillance footage at the store showed that this was, of course, not the CEO, but the personal assistant purchasing a portable vacuum cleaner, electric saw, and cleaning supplies. He had left the body in the apartment after the initial stabbing, left out the back door of the condo, and returned several hours later wearing the gray hoodie with the supplies to dismember him. So... It was just him. In fact, he was in the middle of dismembering the body when he heard the victim's cousin buzzing the unit the following day and fled. Um, the personal assistant was found and arrested later, with the motive being that he had reason to believe that the CEO would use knowledge of his crimes to exploit him or implicate him in other crimes which he would not reveal. And that is the end of that oh story. Oh my goodness, those are crazy nuts. Okay, so I'm really... I don't know how convincing either of them are but i want to know what your guess is <laughs> okay i have an educated guess okay but, but we i do, might be wrong hold on do either of you know either of these no, okay i don't okay so i read somewhere once that humans can't be allergic to almonds like ever i have heard that so i think that's the only nut that humans can't be allergic to so i think your first one is fake only for that reason interesting i love that okay and i feel like the first one is fake well now that you've said that i kind of feel that but prior to that <laughs> okay because i feel like i would have heard about that yeah me too that's a game show worthy murders well, is definitely gonna make it on at least like the bar in the bottom of the news it's not north america that's okay i feel like i'd see it on the bar at the bottom of the news i also didn't mention when it occurred okay well i still think a is fake Okay. Well, here's the tea. <laughs> I wish that the first one was real, but it's not. And let me tell you why. I, the liberty I'd taken is that I, in fact, did not pick a creepy pasta. I picked season 14, episode four of CSI. And that is what my first story is. Did you just watch oh the episode? I literally just watched the episode and wrote down the plot. 
Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> and I, I think I picked a good one because I was like, I'm, I'm not sure about this one. And then I watched a few others around it. I'm like, oh, these are boring as fuck. So I'm going to pick this one. <laughs> Honestly, if you said that it was an allergy to peanuts, I would have gone. With I, I should have been vague. I would have gone that the second one was fake because that was the only tip off was that people aren't allergic to almonds. Yeah, well, it's on Amazon Prime, so go watch that episode now. I will. It was I really want really to. Really funny. Well, actually, I mean, it's disturbing, but of course, CSI would get that shit wrong. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I find also the second one had to do with a money motive. Yeah, the second one had more of a motive. Really? I feel like the first well, one was was no. almost too much motive to the point where it was convoluted and sounded like a... I guess like more a, of a believable motive. Yeah, like if someone's like, I want $90,000, I'm going to kill you for it. Like, that's every forensic file, mm-hmm. except their version is life insurance. <laughs> okay, well... And Annie Free. I, so I need to... <laughs> so I need to... I will f- now fact check the, um, the, the real story which is really actually tragic. Uh, Fahim Saleh was murdered July 13, 2020 in New York City at 33 years old. He was a Bangladeshi American entrepreneur who founded Gokada, a motorbike hailing app in Nigeria. Tyrese Devin Haspil was only 21 years old when he was charged with first degree murder. He was the personal assistant. The investigation is actually ongoing and he they actually haven't made complete sense of the motive yet. And the case has been adjourned until January, 2021. Whoa. I kind of just, my, the, my explanation of the motive was a stretch. It was really just me trying to fill in the blanks, but they did say he is being charged for, I guess what they, they, there was big legal jargon for it, but he is being charged for murdering him to conceal crimes that he prior committed <laughs> i oh, guess okay. but they didn't say anything about exactly what that was whoa that one that's crazy mm-hmm. yeah like i was surprised that's like that just seems like a 21 year old deciding to just completely go all the way like he was about to go spread those pieces like horcruxes like we once discussed <laughs> yeah crazy like, that's a lot more effort than I think it's worth because he got caught. <laughs> yeah. What if he didn't? It's because he had no crazy friends like us. Remember when Whitney called us to the motel that one episode? <laughs> this guy didn't have us. It's mm-hmm. true. Hey, Wit, tell okay. us some tales. Let me get my notes together. So story number one. So there was a woman who worked as a school therapist in the like mid 2000s um and she dealt with like all kinds of like horrible things a lot of like abuse she you know a lot of sad things to do with children um but there was one girl who would I think she was an elementary school therapist she um was very quiet very shy and she started having panic attacks often in class where she would just kind of go into the corner of the classroom and wouldn't speak to anyone wouldn't talk to anyone wouldn't look at anyone um and nobody had like any idea what was going on all they knew about her home life was that she was raised by a single mother um and eventually the therapist kind of got through to her took a very long time she wouldn't talk to anyone she was constantly just having panic attacks um and so the therapist kind of gave up on trying to get anything out of her, asking why she was so upset or what was happening. And she just kind of like would sit in the classroom with her and draw pictures. And she would be like, okay, just draw whatever you want, do whatever you want, we'll have some quiet time. Um, Which is great for kids, I'm glad that happened. Okay, so the little girl would always draw like pretty normal photos. Um, nothing too crazy. She draw her family. She drew trees a lot, her backyard. Um, and the therapist would only try to talk to her about, um, her drawings. She'd be like, oh, who's this? Like, that's beautiful. Um, can I keep it? Things like that. And there was this one drawing she did that was, um, a little girl and her mom and a large tree in the middle of the drawing and she was like this is so beautiful like can I keep this I want to put it up in my office like I love this anything to kind of get the girl to talk to her and the girl was like yeah of course like you can have it and she kind of opened up a little bit and she was like okay label label who this is like is this you and your mom like write down your names 
So she wrote down her name under the little girl, but under the older woman, she wrote, I don't know. And then under the tree, she wrote mommy. Uh Oh, so obviously Mm -hmm. this was terrifying. The authorities got involved and they were like, what's up? Like the little girl, once she was questioned about it, just had a panic attack again, wouldn't say anything. Um, So authorities kind of investigated, went to her home, spoke to her mother, and her mother was like, I don't know, but was very hesitant to let anyone into the home. Um, So they did end up getting a search warrant because you want to take this seriously. This little girl is obviously having a lot of issues. Um, And they discovered in the backyard of their house a huge green oak tree. Um, And upon further investigation, they discovered the remains of a middle-aged woman buried underneath. Um, They discovered that the woman who has been living with this little girl is not her mother, but in fact a woman who had kidnapped her and stolen her mother's identity and has been living with this girl and raising this girl and murdered her mom and buried her in the backyard. Mm. And that's why this girl was so freaked out. I don't know if she has enough of a reason to be freaked out. That's pretty normal. I don't know about that. <laughs> I think that's pretty, pretty, pretty freaking messed up. Yeah, that's like nightmare material, honestly. I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, thank God the authorities took her seriously because... Take more kids. Take kids more seriously. Take more yeah. kids seriously. A lot of her teachers, too. I think I read this detail, but a lot of her teachers, too, were kind of just like it's fine she's just a kid like she'll get over her it. mom's a tree but this happened for like two years whoa yeah so that is my first story okay so my next story also five follows a child that's the theme that i went with um and this is a young girl who had some issues at home she had some alcoholic parents um was also very quiet, reserved, didn't like to talk to anyone, and also didn't like to go to school. Um, so one day she stayed home from school, and she lived across from a elementary school. Um, her stepfather, I believe it was, had a um, collection of guns in the home. Um, and on this day, this morning, when students were waiting to go into the school, She had taken one of her stepfather's guns and began shooting at them. Um, She injured eight children and shot and killed the principal and the custodian um, and continued shooting at children from her bedroom window um, until a garbage truck parked in front of the school to block her way. Um, She barricaded herself in her home Um, Moved all of her furniture, wouldn't let anyone in, obviously was not going to go out and be like, hey, police, arrest me. Um, But thankfully didn't kill anyone else because of the garbage truck parked in the way. Um, Eventually, the authorities got her out of her home with promises of a Burger King meal. What? (laughs) She she was Plot twist. she what? was told that they would buy her a Burger King meal if she came out. Did <laughs> <laughs> even try that? I don't know, but it worked. So she came outside. Obviously, was arrested. Um, and when asked why she did it and why she decided to shoot at these innocent children, she replied with, "I don't like Mondays, and this livens it up." And that's it. That's my story. Whoa. So, Burger King. (laughs) Would that work on you guys? It might work on me if I was real hungry. Yeah. I mean, if I'm crazy enough to shoot a bunch of people, I might be crazy enough to come outside for Burger King. I hope she got it. It was probably a roadhouse burger. Mm, With onion rings. Mm -hmm. I think the second one is fake. I think the first one has to be a creepypasta because it's got the perfect creepypasta imagery that I won't get out of my head. It just seems perfectly fake. <laughs> Why do you think the second one's fake? Because how it ended. It, yeah, that one, like, that seems pretty ridiculous. That it sounds like it could be fake, but... I mean, I don't even think that it's that unrealistic. I just think that 
creepy pastas like to end up like that and they're like yeah i hate mondays okay but like you're like whoa monday is garfield (laughs) how can a body be in a tree without like some animal getting at it and it wasn't in a tree it it was was buried buried under under the tree tree. okay it wasn't inside of it like a squirrel bury in front of the tree in the ground. Like in the ground. Okay, I thought I was imagining <laughs> under the tree. No. The tree is not the weird or part in of that the story. Tree. I think I misunderstood. Her, her, the daughter just associated the tree with okay. her dead mother. Yeah, I'm still feeling like I'm gonna go with the first one being a lie. Okay. The first one is a creepypasta. The second one is true. Dang it. So Eat Mondays is real. Yeah, the creepypasta is called Big Green Tree by Slime Beast. And I, it kind of ends with the girl doing the drawing and labeling it, and then I made up the rest. (laughs) Oh, okay. But, so the school shooting was the Cleveland Elementary School shooting in San Diego. Really? Yes, it took place in 1979, um, and the girl's name was Brenda Spencer. She had a, she was 16 years old, and also she had a mullet, I have to say. That's the problem with this story. Yeah. So she was sentenced to two counts of murder and one count of assault with a deadly weapon, 25 years in prison, and she was 16, so she was tried as an adult. And she lived in, like, extreme poverty. Oh, she sorry, she lived with just her father, um, and he was an alcoholic, and they both slept on a mattress on the living room floor. And, yeah, so she was extremely troubled, and she didn't like Mondays, so she wanted to do something to yeah. liven it up, and she really wanted some Burger King. Well, I mean, the Burger King makes a little more sense now, because if you're super poor and hungry, yeah, and someone's like, I'm going to give you food, hot, warm food. I just want to take a moment to acknowledge and make known the fact that I'm sure all three of us had to go through great lengths to paraphrase these stories, because yeah. <laughs> my goodness, for the true murder that I just had to do, it being so recent... To make it as long as the plot of the CSI episode was really difficult with the details I was given. So I yeah. had to like, I went, I was going through like three different articles and Wikipedia Whoa. and even social media to get all of that information to make it into a narrative. I did the opposite because <laughs> yeah. I watched a 60 minute documentary on the real girl and then I paired it back to match like the oh, 12 paragraph creepypasta that i read <laughs> well i found it hard to to kind of tell the creepypasta as a true story because they're not written that way at all no yeah it's kind of like this was written from the point of view of the therapist so it's like you gotta kind of just sit around and fix the details and mm-hmm. it's true anyway there were i just feel like there were too many plot holes in my csi episode that it was like it's like that wouldn't happen <laughs> <laughs> So it was, I was like, how do I make these seem equally as convincing as one another? I think you did a really good job. Oh, okay. Thank you. That's, I spent all morning doing that. That's great. (laughs) I have to mention a creepypasta that I read that I couldn't have used for this because it didn't work, but I can't stop thinking about it. Have either of you read the creepypasta called Autopilot? No. Okay. I'm going to retell it. It's so Mm -hmm. good. It's very well known. It's probably in like the top 10 or whatever. Um, But it's about this dad who just, oh my gosh, the way it's written. I will link it in the description of this podcast because everyone should read it. But it's basically like this dad does everything on autopilot in the morning. So he gets up, he takes his phone off the charger, brings it to the bathroom, showers, gets his daughter, drops her off at daycare etc but this morning he woke up and his phone hadn't charged so while he was in the shower he put his phone on the charger which disrupted his his morning routine and what he was like on autopilot to do so his phone didn't charge and then once he got out of the shower he forgot his phone um and then he was all frazzled on the way to work and he everything was just off because of this incident that threw off his morning routine so he got his daughter in school or no, got in the car and drove to daycare. You know, he drops her off, he goes to work, etc. So he comes home after school. No, he comes home after work. <laughs> <laughs> he's a grown man. He comes home after work. And his wife's like, yo, where's our daughter? And he's like, oh my God, I forgot to pick her up. So he goes back to the daycare and there's a sign on the front of the daycare that says, um, uh, please use side door due to graffiti last night and he was like I didn't notice that this morning and then he was like oh shit I messed everything up 
I didn't drop my daughter off at school or at daycare because I my whole morning was thrown off. And then he turns around and she's dead in the back seat because he didn't drop her off and she's just been there the whole time. Anyway, it was told way better than that, but it was so good and it was um, haunting me. Yeah, no thanks. That's scary. Okay. Just everything was was just a mess. Because one thing threw everything off and he didn't drop his daughter off and she was still there. He passed away in the hot car. <laughs> nope. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's some really good creepy pastas out there. Yeah. This was a really fun episode. It was. A lot of work. True or false crime. It was a lot of work. This is like the one where I had... It was creative. Yeah. I still think we should make that board game. Mm-hmm. Yes. How do I shorten a CSI episode plot to like... Square Well, I guess I, w- I was cheated and didn't do a creepypasta. That's okay. I almost didn't. I, was, I wasn't even looking at creepypasta in the end because I felt like I had read them all. So I was like on the Reddit forum, no sleep. I was just scrolling. Nope. It was just the, the reason I picked CSI is because I like waited until the last second and thought just picking a random episode of CSI would be a lot faster than going through creepypastas. <laughs> but it's it, true. It ended up I like that 45 minute episode. I probably watched it for almost two hours as I was trying to keep track of everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been looking for this creepypasta like all week and like I picked it last night at 2 a.m. So... Okay, now, transition to the part of the episode where I ask Rachel and Gabe a question that they're unaware of. They are not privy to. (laughs) They had no time to prepare. Mm -hmm. Oh, but first, I have a question for Gabe. Wait, why just me? This is different. What are your thoughts on Ariana Grande? Oh, (laughs) um... I still, I definitely still have not finished the album. Okay, please update me again next week. Yeah, I will. Now moving on to the real question. (laughs) Okay, so this is kind of a different format. I stole this from a podcast that I love called Just Between Us. They do kind of a a game show segment, which is kind of similar to the questions I ask. Um, But one of the game shows they do is called Would You Stay With This Cheater? where they give a scenario and then they have to decide if they would stay with this cheater or not. You understand? Okay, one more time. So (laughs) I'm going to give you a scenario of a person that you're with Mm -hmm. who is doing something that is cheating on you and you have to decide if you would stay with them or not. Okay. And I'm going to tell you if you're right or wrong. There is a correct answer. Wait, why is there a correct answer? It's not what would Rachel do, but what would most people do? This is this no, sounds no, no. subjective. This is, I know exactly what's happening in this scenario, and I know what's going to happen. So you give me an answer, and I'm going to tell you how that's going to turn out for you. Oh, okay. So it's like a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, you can ask questions. There is some background information that I have, but I'm not going to give it to you right away. So it is like another choose-your-own-adventure, but I'm more prepared this time with background and with answers. Okay, how extreme is this going to be? Okay. Your significant other of six years has recently told you that they and their 60-year-old boss regularly kiss on the lips at work. Do you stay with this cheater? And this is just me answering this one. Both of you are answering it. Oh. Yeah, you can ask questions. I have more information, but you have to dig for it. Hmm. Um, my first question is why? Um, they say it helps build a better relationship between them and their boss, and they feel better at work because they have a stronger bond. Um, I have another question. Okay. Um, does everyone else at work no slash do this no they do it in private every morning they have a little meeting oh. and then they kiss so nobody else is really aware you wait just my significant other is the only one that kisses in the, the whole boss. office yeah as far as you know yeah okay can i ask a question okay okay yes. um is it just kissing or do you like hug a little bit 
Um, mm-hmm. It's a prolonged kiss, and they throughout the day they smack each other's butts. Oh. <laughs> Why didn't you throw that in at the first? Because you have to dig for the information. I want to know. Like, is it just like a? I mean, by the way, real life, I'm dumping his ass. No, it's like a. It's like an embrace, like a nice, sweet, long kiss to begin the day. Yeah, no, I'm not and then into throughout this. Throughout the day, it's like, hey, buddy, smack. Um, no, nope. I, I break get, up. My next. Don't need any more. My info. next question is how How do you feel about this? No, this is you. How does your significant other feel about being in the position, you mean? Yeah, like, are are they being pressured into this? Is it something they feel like they can't escape? No, 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 they like it. They have a bond with their, their boss, and they like it. They initiate it. And they've been doing this the entire time you've been together for six years, and you've just found out about it. Well, it doesn't sound to me like they plan on having any other relationship outside of the workplace. No, no, there's no emotional connection. They just and smack butts and i guess i i i don't have enough reason to like tell this significant other to f off at this point so you would stay with them like probably after great deliberation but yeah i don't no more deliberation just just seems like a hr situation to me (laughs) hr is fine with it no, they're not. No, they wouldn't be. <laughs> no, they're fine with it. No, they're not, and I'm not. And I'm so you would them. leave, and Gabe, you would say. I would say, knowing as much as I do at this point, I'm just gonna go with my gut and say I would stay. No, you can't say knowing as much. You have to say yes or no. Well, I, the thing is, I feel You're, like I have a million other questions, but I just don't know what those questions are. You have to make a firm decision before I tell you the end Three, result. Three, two, one. Stay or leave. Okay, we'll just stay. Stay. Leave. Okay. Well, it turns out your significant other works for your father's company, and the boss is your father. Yeah, leaving is... And they are soulmates, and they are going to run away together, and he's going to be your stepdad. Well, I just played myself, and I'm also yes. disgusted. That's all that, come, that came I'm out of that. I'm glad I left, but I also just broke up with my dad Even if situation. I left, <laughs> even if I left... In the first place, I don't think it would have gotten, I don't think that would have changed the outcome. It would have been equally as disturbing. But at least you're not around it anymore. But you chose to stay. You were like, oh, it's okay. But it's your dad. Well, I, I with what <laughs> You kiss I the knew, same lips your dad kisses. That's so gr- Stop it. <laughs> that's gross. And Whitney. What would you choose? Well, I didn't know the outcome, and I know this guy is soulmate. Well, what would you have done if you didn't know the outcome, if you just were dating someone who was kissing somebody else on the lips? I'd probably leave. I have very low tolerance. Do you have a a part two scenario? No. I'm also extra disturbed that you only have that version. I really thought I make the rules. I thought you were setting it up that you had you had multiple cheating situations that you were going to be quizzing us on, which could have been fun. But now I'm frightened. No. Well, you made a bad choice. No, this is the one you get. I really feel like there was no good choice there. If the, if leaving. that's leaving, leaving was the, the good choice. Yeah, but the it, it wouldn't have changed the facts. No, but you're not no, around it anymore. You would have broken up with them instead of staying with someone who kisses your father. Yeah, but I would have had the same. Yeah, but it could have been like six more months of it. Yeah, but I wouldn't have known. Well, you would have eventually known, and it would have been six more months of you being played. I feel like it would have been equally as disturbed either way. Like, I don't know. There, there's the, like on the disturbing scale, both options are a ten out of ten, either outcome. Wow. On well, that note, I will pick more in the future because that was fun. We're gonna pick one for Whitney one day. No. Okay. I'm not ready. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Blanket Fort. Fort. Books. We will be actually discussing a book again here soon because we are going to be group reading or forming a Blanket Fort Book Club. Um, Blanket Fort Book Club! Cute! Ah! (laughs) So we will be reading... What are we reading, Whitney? (laughs) So we're going to be reading On the Edge of Gone by Corinne Duvis. 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 D-U-I-V-I-S. Sorry, Corinne. If you want to join us, we will be discussing that on 
What we date, date are we doing it? We have a date. On December 4th, we will be discussing that book in full with spoilers. And if you have any suggestions for future books or anything that you would like us to discuss, let us know. And you can hit me up. Um, I'm Rachel at Abrams Records on Twitter. And you can hit Whitney up at Wit and Wisdoms on Twitter or Wit and Wisdom on YouTube. And I'm Gabe at Board Seed on Twitter. And our official Twitter is at Blanket Fort Book, and our DMs are open. Hit us up. Slip into our DMs. Yeah. Shoot your shot. <laughs> no. Shoot your shot at Gabe specifically. Just Gabe. Send him your worst pickup line. <sighs> oh. Okay. And if you send us your worst pickup line <laughs> we will read them on air and expose you it'll be great we'll also include your handle so people can know how bad you are at pickup lines and they can send you bad pickup lines and we can just have a train of everyone sending everyone bad pickup lines this is what we want to put around in this world yes All so right. thank you so much for listening see you next week it has been a blast bye bye friends bye.